Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. I am another host, Casey Clapp, here. Pretty stoked. Got things happening today. Casey, speaking of stoked, it feels like uh, outside, it feels like Mother Nature is stoking a fire. Is yeah. that a good transition? Yeah, it's I, hot, I Casey. think that was. I was going to make that transition also. So wow. I, yeah, 100%. Great yeah. minds, huh? Today is the hottest day so far of the year. The projection is to 102 degrees. That's just absurd. Yeah, it's very high. This very climate high. keeps on a changing. I guess this is the new norm. It's true. It is. It's the new norm. We're going to get it. Uh, I mean, generally, it's not out of the ordinary. Just every year in a row doesn't happen. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. it's happened before. I remember 100 days when we were growing up. But it was 100 degree days, but now it's like 102 this year. Last year was 116 or something like that. So yeah. It is. It's just going to keep changing, but that's why we're trying to tell people about trees and their majesty. Yeah. So they can maybe start planting some more. Uh, speaking of the warmth, yes. we have the air conditioning air conditioning on yes. during this episode. Correct. So, And I, I thought about turning it off, but I'm sorry. I'm not willing to make that sacrifice <laughs> okay. right now. It does get really hot in here uh, if you don't. So yeah. My apartment turns into a brick oven if, yeah. if you don't uh, have constant cold air pumping out of this machine. <laughs> um, so we're going to have it on. You might hear it going in the background yeah. in which case just put this on at night and you'll probably fall asleep really well hey that's a good idea yeah and he's i wonder if anybody out there has puts on completely arbitrary to put their baby to sleep Ooh, you think I, that's happened yeah uh, yeah definitely but and then their baby wakes up and like every now and then is like fuck what, what, <laughs> why did our baby say that every time i laugh it it's, gets startled awake <laughs> yeah oh i hope so Casey, let's talk about a tree, huh? Hey, let's do it. But before we do, I have some things I want to tell you Oh, about. shit. Okay. Just in case. Uh, yeah. There's two big things that happened uh, between yesterday and today. Okay. I can also think of a thing that we are gonna Ooh, that we need okay. to talk about. So you well, go first. Yeah, a couple things. So one, actually, I got three things. First thing, uh, as some of you may have heard, I adopted a dog. Yes. Little acorn. Uh, unfortunately, Acorn, we had to rehome Little Acorn. Yeah. And I felt really bad. Me and Hannah, we wanted to have a dog, and she wanted to have a dog. It uh, was, like, really supportive because I really wanted to have a dog. So she's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Right. And then once we got it, we just realized that we were a little bit out of our depth in terms of our lifestyle and mm. kind of the things that 
we needed to do to give to the dog the routine, the constant attention to a little puppy. She was only eight months old. And we realized that it just wasn't going to be a good fit for either of us, um, us being Hannah and I and the dog. Yeah. And so we decided that the best option would be uh, it would be talking to the shelter and saying, hey, I think we have to rehome this little dog. And they said, that sounds great. Um, we understand. And so we ended up taking her back the other day. It was very sad. We yeah. both cried. Uh, yeah, it was it was awful. It was awful, Alex. Yeah. We really got attached to it in just five five little days. I know. But and I know you loved her. She was oh, real sweet. Boy, she came I. over here. But that yeah. So it's a uh, it's a little sad. But I know that uh, it was it was very much like wah. And then it's like hey, where did where did all those pictures of that cute puppy go? <laughs> yeah. Oh well. I have a couple on my phone that I will keep forever. Yes, and I have some too. Yeah. I'm at least we have that. Um, yeah. I say we as if I adopted this dog with hey, you. <laughs> you did. You essentially did. Alex. I really felt like I did. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that dog immediately. Right. But so, yeah, and, you know, Casey, if there's an upside to this, um, your you know. Uh, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. Yeah. And if it's it's better for everybody to not ignore that mm-hmm. and to do something about it. And hopefully Acorn finds a, a home that is a better fit and yeah. goes on to live a, a lovely, fun life. Yeah, I think so. She's really smart. She, she'll take on any sort of situation. She's a, very, she's a street dog. She's a street dog from Mexico. So yeah, I think she'll she, be like, listen, I can handle she's this. She's got street okay. smarts. Yeah. Casey, I did think for when you told me, when you called me and I was at the grocery store and yeah. I stood there looking really sad and probably people were probably thinking I was I was getting much more distressing news than I was. Yeah, probably. Um but I did think when we hung up I I did think for about 5 seconds like okay, how can I adopt this dog? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're you're not the only person my mom also will have oh, thought really? about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So technically, we weren't allowed to like voluntarily give her away to somebody else, yeah, like, per the contract. Oh, but, yeah, but I bet you we could have we could have worked it out. You know, a yeah. wink and a smile contract, a little like, under the table action. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just pass the dog under the table. The leash never goes above the table in a Manila envelope. Yeah, somehow. exactly. It's Manila envelopes covered in pee. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Okay. Uh, what, what's what was, your other thing, Casey? Uh, quick, I have two quick other things. Okay. Um, the second thing is quite germane to us. We have shipped everything. Yeah, boy. Alex, all of the t-shirts are on their way. Yeah. All the Cone of the Month Club for June is on their way. Amazing. All of the stickers and the shirts and all the other merch that you've bought in the last month is on its way. That's so fun. Sorry for everything being a little bit late. All all of these order things came in at once. <laughs> we did the stickers, we did the t-shirts, and we finally got those. Then the Cone of the Month Club. Yeah. It all happened at once. So I spent about a week, uh, not straight, but like a week's worth of days where I wasn't actively doing something else. Yeah, business days. Yeah, business days focusing on getting these things out. So everything yeah. is shipped. It will be, the last of them will be in the post office's uh, capable hands this afternoon yes uh for those of you who don't know casey is our is our shipping uh is in charge of all of our shipping correct uh so big props to you casey hey thanks alex thanks everyone for supporting the show also yeah i think we we went through i think over 200 shirts that we put out wow 
And <clears throat> wow, 650 different uh, folks are involved with the Cone of the Month Club, which everyone should get involved with. They're just getting better and better every single month. That's right. Um, and then um, our stickers, which we still have a few days uh, left here in July. 20% of our proceeds are going to support Indigenous women rising this Hell month. Yeah. Um, uh, we're trying to do our part to um, essentially support women and uh, anyone who needs an abortion who can have a baby. Um, and uh, specifically the Indigenous people who tend to get the short end of that stick, which is already now shortened. So yeah. we're, really, we're really trying to do our part. Um, the, the small pittance that it is. That's right. Pittance. The small pittance that it is. Pittance. Yes. It sounds that's a very that's a very uh that's a very uh uh Charles Dickens word. Uh yeah, it is. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like I guess it sounds like pence. It sounds like a rich person saying something pathetic. Yeah. Like, it is just a pittance. What is it? <laughs> oh, it's sixteen million dollars. This whole Christmas business is a pittance. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah, you're right. Casey, what's your last small thing? Alex, I spent all day yesterday mm-hmm. not doing what I should have been doing, which was shipping items. What did you do instead? I instead updated my cone collection. Wow. And I'm very excited to say. <laughs> Casey has a big grin on his face. <laughs> it's so much fun. So I so I did this uh, a while ago when we got back from our big trip across the United States. Yeah. Um, but then I realized that there were some boxes that I had not unpacked that had cones still in them. So I said, I got to go get those. I see. So yesterday I went to the barn. I got the boxes out. I pulled out all the new cones or all the old cones that I have and I relabeled and redid them all. Got rid of any doubles, mm. got rid of any uh, that were not very high quality and combined all the others that um, I have gotten from wherever over the years. Sure. As well as what I did this last, uh, like what, two or three weeks ago, I went down to Northern California and Southern Oregon and I collected a bunch of different cones that I had not gotten before. That's right. Including uh, Bishop Pine. Exactly. I, well, actually, I tried to get Bishop Pine. Instead, I realized someone actually sent us a Bishop Pine, so I added that to the collection. Giving notes to say this was a, an outside collector took, a, uh. took this and sent it to me. Um, but I got, say, the, the Washoe Pine. I got the Foxtail Pine. Great. Um, of three different varieties of Ponderosa Pine, three different varieties of the Shore Pine. And added those all in, as well as, like, the Engelman Spruce and the uh, Incense Cedar, all these other cool trees that so I have, had not had. You kind of consolidated and uh, cleaned house a little bit yes. and labeled everything. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. So now it, well, it's not we're going to need pictures, disparate. Casey. I will send you pictures, Alex. Absolutely. I thought about doing it today, but I was focused on getting one other project done, which was the, all the shipping. Well, we, I, I'm, I'm saying we got to post pictures on our Instagram. Oh, yes. No, 100%. Pod. Oh, okay. it's coming up. Yeah. Great. Uh, so the final number is I have 120 different species wow. or varieties of <clears throat> cones uh, stuck in, in a jar. Or if they're too big, they're not actually in a jar yet. Very well done. That's a good, good round. That's a good round number. Hey, the same the same beats per minute as a march. Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. Thank you. That's that was my goal. That was my goal. That's why I thought it was good effort to get for, to. For anybody who's confused, yeah. Let me give you some context. Exactly. Four more, and I have all the cones of Oregon. Wow. Six more, including those four. I have all. I think for the Pacific Northwest, Holy including crap. Uh, Idaho. That's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, the next uh, objective will be all of them in California, then all the West Coast, then the world. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> then, there's, then just North America. Hey, I mean, we got there? are there cone museums? We got to open a cone museum. Uh, there should be, yeah. I think they just call them universities, but... 
Oh. Yeah. Well, herbariums, a lot of times they do that. Ooh, yeah, they sure. They like take a, a the, the the foliage, lay it flat, but then they also grab a cone and say this is the type cone of this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well uh, done, well done, it. Case. Thank you, Alex. I'm very excited. I feel like I these are two big projects that I wanted to get done and yeah. they are finished. Fantastic. Yes. You must feel elated. I do. I am. I feel <laughs> I feel very good. Like the last day of school, huh? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now everything's just, you know, go jump in the river. Yeah. Enjoy, Casey. Casey. Here we go into a talk about a tree, as we do every episode. That's right. This week, we are talking the purple leaf plum. Everybody grimace. Ugh. Everybody grimace now. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's some real low-hanging low hang, low hanging it's fruit a low hanging speaking of the plum uh, plum tree yeah yes uh, alex we you're right yeah what's the what's the scientific name on this this is prunus seracifera and we are specifically going to do right. thundercloud thundercloud yes i love thunderclouds casey that shape yeah? Isn't that isn't that a type of maybe I'm thinking of thunderhead? Uh, I mean, well, a thundercloud is a thunderhead. Yeah, I think they're the same thing. It is a cloud, kind of shaped like an anvil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Casey, let's imagine as we do every episode that you and I are walking through some. I think it's appropriate here that we're walking through some suburbs. I think that is exactly appropriate. Yeah, Alex. we parked too far away from your grandma's house, uh, and we, we got to walk a few uh, blocks, and we come across. A purple leaf plum. Yes, we do. Let's ID this tree. All right, Alex. First thing you're going to notice is that it's very dark. These trees yeah. are, they're not very big. They're kind of maybe 25 feet tall at max, maybe up to 30. Okay. They create like a very rounded kind of ball of a crown. It's fairly dense most of the time if it's healthy. And we're talking about a healthy tree. We're going to assume all health is just fine. Yeah. And it has, uh, in the springtime, it's covered in these like, pinkish white blooms and of course it's in prunus so it is in the rose family so it has five individual petals and then i think it actually has 10 or five of five five and five piston and stamen inside the flower that's a rose thing parts of five right correct yeah either five or in multiples of five. Oh, okay and um, they basically, they're a little bit more pink there's another very closely related um, cultivar called Atropurpurea. Atropurpurea. Yes. Whoa, you what love a name. That? Now that is a name. Too bad that the flower is just, the, it's on a, a tree that sucks, is oh, all I'm saying. Oh, okay. So anyway, it's a fine name, but Atropurpurea, uh, funny enough, the, the flowers are like a little more white than the thundercloud. Those okay. flowers are much more pink. But they're both purple leaf plums? Yeah, they're both in the purple leaf plum quadrant. So um, the reason, so normally, I guess I should note, is mm. that Prunus seracifera is just a normal, like, European plum tree. It's from okay. kind of um, the British Isles, southwest uh, sort of Europe, and then uh, I think now it's invasive in a couple different places, including mm. here in western Oregon. Okay. Um, but the at some point, they ended up finding this one variety or this one cultivar that they started growing that had very dark purple leaves instead of the kind of normal green leaf. Like, I mean, just like lowercase g, who cares, green leaf. I see. But this purple one, everyone was like, 
whoa, this purple leaf is just like just dark and gorgeous and really shiny and everyone's like that's really nice yeah and then it had these these nice pinkish whitish flowers that would come out so in the spring whole things covered in these pink flowers those flowers drop then the leaves come out and you have this dark thundercloud of a tree just kind of growing there wherever it is it's growing interesting and they so, call it thundercloud because it's dark like a thundercloud yeah exactly it's purple exactly yeah so but i, get, I guess you know, thundercloud's can be sort of purplish yeah i think it's more just like they they wanted to come up with a name that would sell really well ah you know? here we get to yeah. it atropurpurea doesn't really like roll off the tongue like oh yeah give me that atropurpurea that sounds beautiful but thundercloud yeah thundercloud Who doesn't want to like, plant a thundercloud exactly it's mysterious it's yeah. gorgeous it has this this chutzpah that comes with it you know what i mean from the british isles yeah thundercloud wow yeah okay so that's kind of what it is but it turns out that there's like several different varieties that people have grown so they would market thundercloud but it would be their own thing. It would just be that's what sells is the thundercloud. Everyone okay. wanted the thundercloud. So um, an old guy, his name is uh, Arthur Lee Jacobson. He's like a taxonomist tree guy up in Seattle. Mm. He wrote a book, Trees of Seattle, and basically went and found all the biggest ones and measured them of like every species you could ever imagine. He's a bit of a uh, obsessive. But yeah, what a what a pretty, hobby. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting hobby though, yeah. So he's got a, a couple famous books and apparently... He said that um, essentially you can't be sure what tree is what. The the purple leaf plum, there are probably several different varieties. They all look the same. And they're all mislabeled. Okay. But they're essentially all thundercloud. Yeah. Casey, let's talk bark. Oh, gosh. Okay. So the bark on this tree, Alex, it's just it's so nondescript. Utility? It's it's a utility bark, but it's also like really scratchy utility bark. Ooh. I don't know why, but whenever I see this, it sen- it tends to get the bark as it expands. Uh-huh. Like it, it creates little squares because it has um, little lenticels that aren't like horizontal, but they're not vertical. So they, they kind of are elongated a little bit. Okay. And then the bark kind of creates these little ridges that are very shallow. But essentially, with the horizontal things and the vertical ridges, it makes it look like a very, very like one layer deep like grid pattern on this tree okay at least that's how i kind of imagine it and it's really rough like it's not that's you know kind of the younger trees it's just it's so rough on the hands it's not comfortable to climb it's Mm. not comfortable to hold it's just very much like uh like a cat's tongue kind of rough bummer but like not the kind of way you're like oh it kind of tickles it's kind of like oh my god stop yeah you just don't want to touch it yeah and then the bark is the tree gets older gets a little bit more furrowed and it it stays that same kind of dark but it gets this weird like kind of flappy furrows on it where Hmm. it looks like it's kind of peeling back but in a furrow kind of way okay so it's kind of interesting and it usually ends up getting a twist to it so it usually looks like the the main stem is always kind of twisted up i always like trees like that that the trunk is doing something interesting yes trunk is trunk to stem like bush to shrub uh no 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 trunk and stem and bowl b o l e all the same. That's well the, no I know they're the same it. but is it like a is it like too colloquial to say trunk? Ooh I don't think is so. Is that like what your aunt calls it? No. Okay. I think that's you fine. would call it a trunk. Yeah I call it trunk all the time. Okay cool yeah 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 yeah, yeah. great. Sometimes it's just nice to say uh the, I don't know it's trunk I think also comes from like like your body like you have a trunk mm-hmm. uh, it's like your your chest I guess you sure know? so I don't know I never really even thought about it I okay. never, I don't know what the colloquialism is of, of oh. that where it came from 
Your tr- trunk from your body as in like a trunk, like a case that has uh, stuff in it? No, like if you, like your trunk is like your torso. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything. Because it's like a trunk? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to, needs to figure this out. It's great that we have so many questions <laughs> and we we refuse to Google any oh, yeah. of it. yeah, honestly, it's the best part. I, I think that's, that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> we could easily make it happen. That's just our brand. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, Casey, leaf, leaf talk. Leaf top, it's, it's alternate arranged. They are serrated at the edge. Just uh-huh. like most things in the uh, the prunus um, genre, yeah, and um, they tend to have really red um, red petioles, and they're very kind of like papery. Like they're not intense. They're not wildly like tough. They're just kind of like leaves. They just kind of are like I'm a leaf. Little utility leaf. It's utility leaf. It's utility leaf, except for it's like very gorgeously purple. Like sure, I'll, I'll give it credit. I'm looking at a picture right now. I enjoy the color. Like, we, I think the color is nice. We can talk about this later, but I have some thoughts on the color as well. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, but the other thing to to note is that if you're looking at the tree from afar, you can see that it's really purple, but it also tends to get a lot of like dieback, and I don't really know why. Dieback. Yeah, where like that? it's where you have the twigs, the end of twigs or branches, uh-huh. um, just die back instead of having like nice healthy foliage all the way out at the end uh-huh. it's like the the ends die back maybe a couple feet and oh. then you have other branches that are still growing out the canopy so the canopy like looks full but it also looks patchy where you see like these groups of sticks kind of po- poking out so it kind of overcommits, and then it's like I can't put all these resources in the in yeah, the tip here. A little bit, draw it back a little bit. Yeah, and they also kind of get leggy, and they don't really take like rough conditions very well. Yeah, and so they end up kind of growing up, and they kind of create this little canopy, and then it's just a little too tough right here, right there, over there, right here, mm. and then you get this little dieback, little dieback, little dieback. The rest of the thing kind of looks just fine and healthy, but it still is just like, oh, there's why is there so much little little problems in there. Why do you look like that? What do you look like Interesting. Well, it's a city tree, right, Case? It is. Well, it's an urban and a suburban tree, but yeah. you, you'll always see it around a building. Like, this isn't a forest tree. It's not a a tree that would be, like, creating a big shade area, yeah. like in a big park. It would be growing as this little front lawn ornament mm. or growing, there's a lot of times people plant them as street trees because they're like, oh, I want a really nice, beautiful, flowering purple leaf plum yeah. as my street tree. They think it looks very nice. It's it's a little it reminds me of a little bit of a like a second class dogwood. Oh, 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 third or fourth class dogwood. Okay, there yeah, you go. 100%. It's like though. a You're C list. Right it's yeah. like when there's like a famous actor and you can't cast them because you can't afford them and they're mm, too busy mm-hmm. and they wouldn't ever be in your indie film. Yeah. But you find a guy who looks kind of like them. Yeah. You know? And then and then you film it in the same style with the same uh, effects as a sci-fi original movie. <laughs> yeah, sci-fi original. Wow. I have, I have some things to say about that, <laughs> okay, but that's on my okay. other podcast. All right, gotcha. Uh, Casey, <laughs> we have lots more to say about this tree, particularly its suburban-ness. Yeah. But we must do so after the break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Purple Leaf Plum. <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> well, jeez. You know when somebody like really wants to make it known how they feel about something? <laughs> yeah. Or they want you to ask about it. Yes. And they're just yes. like loudly like sign. They're, yeah. they're, look, they're reading something and they go, oh, what? No way. <laughs> like, you just what is it, Casey? Focus. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what this tree represents for me. Yeah, and I and also have some representations I want to talk about. Okay, and I we need to hear this. The so you've seen this tree in the wild, correct? Uh, in the wild, yes. I, I outside, yes. Okay, while you're walking around, not Ups. in a curated uh, internet, right? Yes, yeah. most certainly, I have seen it in the wild. Okay, so in its natural habitat, which is a city street, <laughs> which is right there, dying in that. Strip between the parking lot and the thing, yeah. In front of a strip mall. Yeah, exactly. So today we're going to talk about, real quick, and uh, please keep me on target. Because <sighs> I don't want to get, I don't want to stray off into two things. The Just to break it down to everyone, this tree, to me, represents the suburbs. Okay, that's our thesis statement. That is our that's thesis That's the target statement. we're going for. Correct. And, and I, I, you're giving me full authority yes. to say, Casey... Stay on target. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You've Do turned off roll. your targeting computer, Casey. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my computer on. The force will lead me astray. <laughs> Most certainly will. Or maybe I'm the force and I'm telling okay, you to yeah, stay on target. Okay, you're gonna I will when I turn that off, then I'm just gonna close my eyes and keep talking and assume that you're just like, yes, yes, well done, Casey. We talked about Star Wars over the break, and yeah, now so it's, it's in my... It's on our brain. It's in my purview. Well, so for whatever reason, um, this tree, this tree, I see it in urban and suburban areas, and it represents, yeah. in my opinion, the worst of urban landscaping. Right. And I'll explain why. In, in the same way that our dogwood episode was kind of a lamentation of, of uh, overplanting the same thing in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This yeah. is sort of that, like, t this is that second chapter where yes. the intensity really gets turned up. That is totally it. So you said it earlier where it was like, well, this is kind of like the C-list dogwood. Yeah. It is. It's exactly like that, except this one, the reason that this tree is worse, in my opinion, yeah. is that the the dogwood grows slow and it, it will live and do something very nice. And it also has this kind of old world kind of thing like it's it's a classical kind of tree mm. the dogwood um, oh yes okay and honestly you know what just hands down it's a prettier tree in my opinion so that's True. you know that's just you know a, a completely arbitrary opinion meanwhile mm. um if you 
we're trying to plant a dogwood. If someone's like, okay, we, we want to plant a dogwood, but it grows too slow or it is uh, too persnickety of a tree or it's just too goddamn expensive because yeah. of those three, those things, then the next best thing that your developer is going to plant is a purple leaf plum. I see. That is, this is the, how can we cut every corner but still make it seem to those people who have no idea what corners are that we have not cut any corners. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, okay, Casey. Okay, I'm glad to hear it. So let me give you a quick, uh, and I insist, a quick uh, description of what I mean when I say the suburbs. Okay. I'm also going to post to a um, uh, a, a video by, uh, what is it, Raleigh Williams is his name, and he does this thing called Climate Town. Have you heard oh, of this show? Yeah, I think you've mentioned it before. Okay, it's a, it's a nice little show. I really, uh, I really high, highly recommend that people take a look at it because it is a, um, it's a guy who is, he's a comedian, he does funny videos and talks about climate stuff, but like, the issues that are happening now mm-hmm. and then says why they matter in a way that's not as pretentious as Ezra Klein. Okay. Whenever he always says like everything, oh my God, let's talk about the suburbs uh. and why it matters. <laughs> like every tiny little thing. Oh my God. I just cannot stand Ezra Klein. He's doing a good job. I know people love him. I thought you were oh a big fan. No. Is Ezra Klein not? Wait, wait, don't tell me. No, Am I Ezra, mixing up my Ezra, podcasters? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, Ezra Klein was on, he did Vox News for a while. Oh. And now I think he's with the New York Times. Okay. And he would always make these videos or like something and he would say, we're going to talk about this specific thing and why it matters. And like everything was the utmost importance and mattered to the nth degree. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude, well, I get it. You're not wrong, but yeah, wow. That's that's a very heavy-handed just like storytelling technique. Yeah, so he does, uh, Raleigh Williams with Climate Town does a, a completely different job where he's just like, oh my God, this is like, I'm funny, you're an internet uh, audience, I'm going to talk to you and make jokes, and we're going to just make funny videos that also are like heavily researched and like really good. So his presentation is just like ten times more interesting. Just a better version of what times. you and I are trying to do. Oh, way better, way better. Yeah. So uh, yeah, hit us up if you hear this, buddy. <laughs> Let's get him on the show. <laughs> uh, but so what happened is. Um, the suburbs developed in kind of two main ways. Uh, okay. Way back when, the city was a uh, it was like this this grungy area, and I mean like for thousands of years. Yeah, the cities where things happened, it was cheap. You could live in a tenement and things like that. But it was also you were walking everywhere. You're riding a horse or a donkey or something like that. So you had to be kind of close. If you were a farmer, you lived further out, and you would come into the city to do trade. And then you'd go back out to wherever your farm sure. is. Sure. Meanwhile. Um, as people became like different classes uh, in a certain area, mm. the the rich people could afford to go move out and away from the the gr- grungy dirtiness. You know, literally the streets filled with feces because that's just where they went. Yeah, people were like, eh, I think I'm going to go live out there, and they kind of would move themselves out, but they could afford to buy a horse or have someone hold their litter up as they got taken into the city and then they'd go back out. Okay. But still, this is maybe half a mile. Like, not very far. It was a very, very short amount of space between where they lived and where they didn't. Mm. But this kind of uh, rich uh, 
and this rich delineation of spaces um, based on kind of income and class. It's happened for thousands of years. A precursor to suburbia. Yes, a very, very long precursor. Yeah. Kind of like how you could say a single cell is the precursor to a dinosaur. You okay. know what I mean? Wow. It, not, not quite, but like it's, it, there, there, it goes really flatline for a really long mm. time and then shoots up. And it shoots up when, uh, probably in the late 1800s, okay. where we get this thing called the uh, streetcar suburbs. Have you heard of these things before? I have, Casey. Give us a quick example, if you would. Well, a streetcar suburb would be on a line on a streetcar line. Yeah, 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 yeah. When it reaches its end, f- away from the city, mm-hmm. you'd build houses there. Yeah. People would get on the streetcar, come into work in the city go out back home. That's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Now, it would also be along that streetcar line. It didn't necessarily have to be at the at the end. Sure. Okay, yeah. For, for as long example, as they can get on the streetcar. Yeah, exactly. There used to be one that went between Portland and Oregon City, and that just like connected the, oh. the, the two places. It wasn't necessarily a commuter train. It was more like, well, I got to go into the city today, and you would get on the thing, and you'd go away. And my grandpa used to do that and go watch baseball games uh, uh. at the Portland Beavers way back in the 50s and 60s. Wow. Yeah, actually, no, when he was younger so maybe 50s mm. um so anyway you're exactly right that's a that's a great example and um here in portland a great example of that community would be uh irvington and lads edition these yeah. were streetcar suburbs and reformed streetcar suburbs um because there yes. aren't still streetcars that go out there. Correct. Yeah, they got rid of those. Yes. Yeah. These and these were formed as that. Correct. Yes. And these were a specific kind of thing where a developer would come over, they would buy the land, they would sell them off lot by lot mm. to individual people. Those people would then build a house on it. Okay. The houses were not built already most of the time. Generally speaking, they would buy the lot, hire an architect, build the house, then you had your house. It was a really nice, uh, nice little thing, you know? Yeah. You, You'd sell it out, but for years, like one lot just wouldn't sell for whatever you know, whatever reason. But everything else would sell, but there wouldn't be a house on that lot. And then inevitably, it would get built, or someone else would come in and buy it. What have you? Mm-hmm. Um, so this happened like the eighteen late eighteen hundreds through the nineteen thirties. That was the way that things were done. Cars were not popular, or if they were popular, they were very expensive, and they there were not a lot of them, and they they just weren't something that you could use. Most people still rode the streetcar, they walked, they took horses, things like that. Sure. So this is how these towns developed. If they developed like this at all, these are the bigger cities, you know, at the time. So these are suburbs where people would go out. They'd be, you know. 15 blocks away from all the hustle and bustle of the downtown area. It might as well be 30. It might as well be 30. It was way quieter. It didn't stink as bad. There wasn't as, as much soot from all the factories. And, you know, they would plant trees. But back then, trees, it was really interesting. And they wanted to emulate these kind of boulevards and these gorgeous things. Like, it was the old time, like, plant a nice oak tree. Like... They didn't really think about, like, oh, how much maintenance is this oak tree going to be? You know? Right. They just say, yeah, plant a really beautiful oak tree. Plant a, you know, a Douglas fir. Some of our biggest, best trees in the city are in these old neighborhoods that are these streetcar suburbs. Yeah. So, fast forward a couple decades, and World War II happens, and it ends, and now all these GIs are coming home. There were developers like the uh, the classic, and the this is the perfect or the the quintessential example. There are others, um, but Levitt Town. In fact, the Levitt I think was brothers. Uh, it was a uh, father and his two sons. Okay. 
Now, they made what they called Levittowns. The first one was on Long Island, and it's a planned community. Mm. And they would plan it for a bunch of very specific things. They wanted to give a nice, calm, quiet space for the GIs to come back. And they would end up saying, wow, okay, we can, I got all this money and I can get a loan from the government because I just fought these wars for them. Now I can move out to this nice suburb. I can get a nice uh, loan. And then they found this like oasis in Long Island mm. <laughs> that, that was called Levittown. Uh, they named them after, they named the whole place after themselves. And they had, um, yeah, I'll give you, I'll show you a picture. Casey is showing me a photo of Levittown. Yeah, I um, think this is the first one. This is very reminiscent, Casey. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this before. Edward Scissorhands. Yes, exactly. Uh, the the neighborhood in that is, yeah. looks exactly like Levittown. It's you you spot spot on. Yeah, and they that is that's the suburbia that Levittown produced, and that was even in the '60s. I think is when uh, it took place. Edward mm. Scissorhands. Yeah, and so in the 1950s is when this really started getting its boom, right? Because in the, what, 1947, the first one happened, the first uh, Levittown. I think there's like five now, including one in Puerto Rico, all in like the 1950s and 60s. Oh, wow. And this was not, and I, the, there's a, a U.S. history scene um, article that I will post to, and they do a really good job describing it. They say, this is not the first suburb. As I noted earlier, people have been moving out to the suburbs for centuries, or, or what you could call a suburb by a sure. definitional kind of situation. But the thing that the Levitts did is they said, let's go find some out-of-the-way farmland Let's completely bulldoze it, which I should also note, the bulldozer became a big thing after World War II as well. Oh, wow. We There's a book, I think, I, I need to look this, this is like way back brain memory kind of thing, where someone wrote a book describing how the bulldozer essentially created our modern landscape huh. in a literal and physical way, because essentially we brought it back from World War II and we're like, we're unstoppable. And yeah. then we just bulldozed through anything that we didn't want oh, uh, in a way and made every all the land very homogenous and flat and perfect. Perfect for building a suburb. Exactly. So they would go out here, they would build these suburbs, and Levittown specifically required you had to have a white picket fence and a lawn. And <laughs> really? Yeah, and you couldn't hang oh, your wow. clothes up outside. That was forbidden. It was like the very first um, uh, like HOA homeowners agreement yeah. kind of thing, where you could not, uh, you couldn't do certain things. And one of the certain things was you couldn't be black. They would not sell a house to a black people or that, to a black family. That's actually where I thought you were going when you said you had to have a white. And I was like, face. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. You insert that there as and well. picket fence. Yeah. You, wow. Wow, okay. Is and there's there's a couple this uh, this article is really good and they have a vid- little video that talks about like scandal in Levittown when like this very first African American family moved in and like the guy fought in the war for 2 years and then came back and got this, yeah. you know got this house I think it was even right on the edge or something like that. So it was um they actually Jesus. had a policy that said specifically you may not sell to this like it's it's very well known. Yeah. And so Levittown It wasn't it wasn't like something they were trying to cover up. They, oh, it was no. just 
part it was, of their public policy. It was written on the lease at the very beginning. Until it was unconstitutional, they had to take it out. Yeah. But just because it wasn't in the lease doesn't mean that they didn't find some reason that they couldn't give to this family. Sure. You know? So this is like the very first beginning of redlining. And the suburbs became uh, famous because, A, the Levitts, like started doing it. Then other people were like, yeah, let's do that. Mm. Buy up this cheap-ass farm. Turn it into a million houses that you put out on a manufacturing level where it took them one day, 36 men, one house. Done. Wow, no kidding. Boom, 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 boom. 30 days, that's 30 houses. Yeah, exactly. So it was a machine. Everything was exactly the same. And they would plant sometimes like one tree right in the middle. Like maybe everyone gets a red maple and every single homogenous house looks exactly the same. Yeah. Maybe the colors are different, but they all are are like within the same palette, you know? Sure. It wasn't like you had these intense, whoa, splotches. It was like, ah, that's, that's dark mauve. That's light mauve. That one's... A dark, an easy pinkish gray salmon. <laughs> that one's skin tone. You know, it was always just like very, very homogenous. Sure. So um, this is the big transition between uh, essentially the modern day suburb that we know and the old time, what now we see as like these urban, suburban kind of things like Irvington, a lot of the neighborhoods in Portland and Seattle where they're, they're in the city. They're very urban in terms of style, layout, and kind of where they are and where the businesses and the kind of uh, commercial districts are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go out further into the true suburban cities and the areas that are just tracks and tracks of housing developments. Those two different things are these two big switches in kind of how our urban landscape was created. And it all comes down to, uh, I, in fact, this is where Alex, uh, my, my radar is saying, Casey, you're, you're going too far off. I was starting to, yeah. I, I, was, I was looking for a place to jump in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. I could see it, I could feel it. But I'll, I'll see end the that, anger in my eyes. <laughs> you know, your eyes are just getting a little bit redder, a little bit redder. Um, essentially, oh, uh, this will we'll end without going into all the cultural ramifications of the suburb. And we'll bring it back to the tree because what happened is the very the very first streetcar suburbs and like these big glorious parks and boulevards that people were doing in the late 1800s in the Olmstead eras, right? They were making these incredibly beautiful like street tree line boulevards with big trees. The, the whole point was to get these like cathedrals of gigantic trees of elms and oaks and, and beaches and things yeah like that. We're, we're talking to place like Laurelhurst up yeah, here exactly uh, where there the whole there's like american elms everywhere precisely and it creates like a dome over the entire street yeah you're like walking in what you would think is a forest but it's a very designed kind of classical kind of garden forest with these huge trees yeah it almost feels like you're inside yeah it does it really does and it's what's well, way nicer yeah than you know not having those trees there so at some point when we started developing these suburbs the the aesthetic switched from that to clean and open and sterile and the grass is perfectly green it's cut always right behind that nice white picket fence there's no messy trees over here with all their leaves and detritus no 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 no. we don't have that lawn competitions to see who has the nicest greenest it's the classic keeping up with the joneses yeah yeah 
So you started getting that, but then you also started getting people who said, well, I, I, I want a tree. I just don't want one of those big trees that I have to deal with. Yeah. So they started planting these little kind of boutique trees is what mm. I, I would call them. You know, like the fad to get like a miniature version of whatever puppy it is yeah. that you want. Whether or not that dog really wants to be in your purse, or like sitting on your lap, <laughs> you, you get these little dogs because you think they're cute. The toy dogs. The toy dogs, that's the term, yeah. yeah. So I think this is kind of like a toy tree wow where they would bring this little tree in they say oh it's it's beautiful purple leaves and it's got these beautiful flowers it doesn't grow too big it doesn't stay you know it doesn't just doesn't do anything crazy just low maintenance it. there's no fruit on it most of the time sometimes there is it makes a little purple plum sure oh we forgot to talk about that we did yeah but that's you know, yeah, half of them don't make it anyway so yeah. it's, it's kind of okay wow How, what disrespect D- very disrespect and you know what not going back alex oh <laughs> wow. All so right. you, they ended up planting these little token trees that don't do shit. Mm. They're not big enough to cause any amount of significant habitat. They're sure. not big enough. Maybe some bird nests. I'll give them that. Maybe they're big enough that a raccoon can climb up and eat the fruit whenever it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really provide any shade. Sure. They're not aesthetically gorgeous in a way that's like, wow, that's stunning. Except for when the leaves or the flowers come out. I'll give it credit. They look fine. Yeah. But they started to represent this like perfect, clean, and we're just going to go as far as we need to to have the appearance of planting a tree and having like a nice landscape. Sure. We're not going to go any further. And this is the tree that like exemplified that, that met that perfect thing where it's the cheapest, seedless tree that you can get. You plant it. It falls apart half the time. If there's a late snow or something, the tree almost explodes like it got struck by lightning. <laughs> it dies back all the time. Hell yeah. It, thundercloud. That's where it, it got it, Yeah, name. that is. Yeah. Oh, it's because it uh, ends up exploding like a thundercloud does. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, yeah, so anyway, I see this tree all the time. Yeah. And it always looks horrible. And most of the time, it's usually planted in a situation it shouldn't be, which is literally every situation. And... It's just like, it represents, again, kind of like the uh, the Arborvita episode, if you remember way back then. Wow. The In that, we talked about the tree itself and its like varietal that is planted out uh-huh. here represents something that I hate about America. Sure. I think this tree also does that. Yeah. Where it's like you have the perfect lawn because you care about the lawn. Why? I don't care. No one knows why. No one knows why you care about that. You don't know why you care about that lawn. You just do, because that's you what you do. do. And you have this tree, and you're like, I hate this tree, but if I cut that tree down, then, well, you know, they have a tree over there. You know what this is like, Casey? This is like when a when a, the shitty bar down the street is yeah. like, we have live music now. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, cool. I might, I might drop in and, and see some music. And you drop in, and it's like the shittiest, like... 50 year old guy with an out of tune guitar <laughs> and he's like playing like terrible Beatles covers yeah and you stay for one drink and then you get the fuck out and yeah. like the like, the audio keeps like squelching and getting feedback and it's real up shit show yeah but yeah, they're yeah. like technically we can market that we have live music we can technically say it <laughs> yeah this yeah. is technically a tree this is technically a tree it does count as a tree and and that's I think a very good example Thanks. Well, you said you had some thoughts on the suburbs. Don't let me take up all the air. Here. Sure. I this. I mean, I see. I kind of have a different. Well, we we come from different perspectives, Casey. That's the one of the great parts of that, completely arbitrary. That really is. <laughs> 
for your consideration, the Webby Awards. <laughs> uh, we come from different perspectives. You see things from more of a tree and city planning sort of perspective because uh-huh. that's your background. Yeah, I I see the suburbs as like you know. It's a place to live if you don't want to live in the hustle bustle of the city and you want to raise a family and you Mm -hmm. want to kind of build a little community out there. Yeah. I also think the suburbs are problematic generally, you know, but like, yeah, it's okay. You got to live somewhere. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. They're not for me. I mean, I think maybe eventually, like don't, Mm -hmm. doesn't everybody, I mean, almost everybody eventually you know, even the even all us, us city folk, yeah, they go. Well, I'm I'm raising a family now. I don't really want to live, you know, on Sandy and 25th. Yeah, it's way cheaper to be, you know, in a, a house. You have a little bit more space. You yeah. know, all these things. I guess my biggest issue is that nobody does anything with it, or if they do, it's it's very minimal, and they it's it's this weird. I okay gonna make this quick does anything with it like any sort of like personality to their property yeah, they yeah. just mow their grass right and then half the time they they don't plant anything else aside from it and like yeah. this, it goes all the way to the fence and it looks really like kind of haphazard and they try and keep it watered all the time when we're in a drought and it's like why are you watering your stupid grass especially when you have when you have land you have sort of a unique opportunity to like give back in yeah, some way to do literally anything with it then mow it yeah i'm constantly stunned when i drive out um because right now even speaking for me i live out in the country in a yurt and we made a specific decision to move out there yeah to may, be in this small tiny little space and the 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 drive out there we pass through the bona fide suburbs bona fide exurbs and then get out to the country Mm. and there is like vast like tracts of land that are not under production by any means they're just mowed you just see this old guy on his little riding lawnmower just doing laps around everything and i'm like yeah i guess maybe if that's your calling in life if i mean forrest gump did that for several years he was totally about it I get it, but man, I just I see it as a monumentous waste of space. Yeah, and uh, I get that. Yeah, and so if you are in the suburbs, and that's great, and I I'm with you. The cultural, I have huge amount of cultural issues with the suburbs. We'll make that into a a, a suburb rant Patreon episode where Casey can talk all about the the cultural things, and Alex can say yes, also. Or we'll have you record no that butt. one on your own, Casey. Yeah, thank you. Okay, you just <laughs> just put your headphones on like a balloon wearing sunglasses, and then I'll just do that. I get a paper mache head. Yeah, exactly. Put it, put it in my bed so it looks like I'm in there. Yeah, Alex really, is listening I've, this whole time. He's such a good listener today. I've carved a hole through the wall to escape. <laughs> Anyway, so as it works out, the um, this tree for me is is that like there's there's no yeah. there's I cannot think of a really good reason to plant this tree unless you are just trying to call in planting a tree. Yeah, there are so many better trees to plant in any situation for any given reason that this tree, if there is one, and then you have sixteen other trees planted around it, I'll give you a pass. But otherwise, this tree there's just there's no good point for it. Yeah. And even if you do have 16 other trees around it, it's going to get out-competed by them because it grows a little bit slower than it should, and it's just going to fall apart at some point. So, eh, well, might as well get rid of it now. Well, this sounds like your review, Casey. Let's get into our okay. cone review. This is how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on this tree, then give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey, as a resident hater... That's me. We'll begin with you. Well, 
I hate this tree, Alex, as you <laughs> we, said. We know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's a pointless tree. Yeah. If there's a good reason to cut it down, uh, in fact, if there's a reason to cut it down, I will mark that up as a good reason, as long as you plant another tree there. Okay. There's gonna, there is bound to be a tree that is better suited for almost every situation, including growing plums and having flowers. And even purple leaves. Oh, my God. Mm. I, can th- I can think of three or four or five different purple leaf plants right off the top of my head right now. So plant those instead. I know you're all asking. The European beech, the uh, Circus canadensis, there's a purple variety of it. Honestly, I'll say Norway maple. I yeah. know you don't like it. I'll give you a purple Norway maple. I think that's fine. Compared to this tree, I'm, I'm, I'm down for a Norway maple. Yeah, you know what? I'll even stoop so low as to say plant a purple smoke bush tree whatever you want to i've call never it. once heard of that good if you wow. I, you've seen it and a bunch of people will he- hear me say that and be like oh, casey wow that's a that's a fact that's what i think that's All what right. i believe anyway so i'm gonna give this like a a 1.8 holy shit yeah i just i don't think they're good trees i don't think they're good trees i don't think you should plant them if you look at it and you say yeah. oh that would be nice just hit yourself in the face not not hard just kind of a little like hey don't do it. There you go. There you go. Look at that. Look at that tree. There you go. Go get that one. Sure. Exactly. That's what I think. So anyway, the purple leaf plum of any sort. In fact, honestly, a plum, period. Just let it go. Don't you're, eat it. You're not a plum guy culinarily. You don't I'm love not, to eat a plum. I like them. I can eat them. They're fine. Give me, uh, yeah, okay, I'll have one. But if you're growing it for fruit and you're actually eating it, or you're making like plum uh, crumbles. Is that a thing? Sure. Know, plum fruit cake, we things like that. We call them plumbles, but yeah. yeah. Okay, I see. I'm just so out of the, I'm out of the loop, Alex. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. But don't plant a, a purple leaf plum or any other ornamental plum give me a message first. I'll talk you off the cliff and yeah. then we'll steer you towards a good tree. There should be a hotline for people who, uh, <laughs> who are going to plant. Yeah. You know what? We're going to come up with that hotline. Give us a little bit. We're going to, we'll come up with a number for you to call. All right. 1.5 golden cones oh, of no, honor. No, I gave you 1.8. 1.8. Yeah. Okay. I do think the flowers are nice in the color. Purple is one of my top favorite colors. And mm. this, you know, looks Nice. It's okay. more of a burgundy or a merlot or something. Yeah, it's so. definitely wine colored. Anyway, I think yeah. I, I, at one point I said grape Kool Aid or yeah, grape I think, Otter yeah, Pop. Yeah, I think that's a good description. I think that's that's an insult to to Kool Aid and Otter Pops, though. Wow. I think it's fine to insult them to be very clear. But well, that's absurd. Alex, what do you have to say about this tree? Um, I don't have any love for this tree. In fact, I very specifically yes. do not love it. I hate this color. Wow. Uh, to me, it is Grandma's couch. Oh. It is stuffy and old looking. This is a whole different aesthetic than I was expecting, honestly. What? It, what you're describing, like Grandma's couch, old stuffy looking? Yeah. That's great. This is beautiful. You like that. I do, yeah. I think it's a very see. good descriptor. I when I look at when I look at a purple leaf plum, I smell dust. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> so this- I'm gonna give it I don't know. I don't even care. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it listen. I know it's zero to ten. Yeah, but giving something a zero is a it makes us look bad. It, yeah, it's like, like why are you even you talking even about it? Yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna give it kind of a uh, uh, obligatory one cone. Wow, an obligatory one cone. Yeah, why does it get that one cone? Well, it's by all standards in a technical sense. A quote tree, right? It's more of a participation cone. <laughs> it's a participation because it was it got on the show. <laughs> oh man, there's so many. We're gonna get so many any so many emails where people are like, 
this tree and yeah. you didn't do the kari or something else and like <laughs> hold your horses every yeah, if, dog has its day if this were like a character on game of thrones you yeah. would it would be the character that you skip past all their scenes to get oh, to the scenes yeah. you really care yeah, about most definitely i just don't even i don't even care i don't even want to look at it yeah that was our review of the purple leaf plum rot in hell you bastard <laughs> And may you never live again. It's time for our completely arbitrary Q and A. This week's question is from Emily Cresson. Cresson? Cresson. Hi, Hi, Emily C. Okay. Dang it. I tried to just (laughs) guess these things. You had a 50-50 shot. Yeah, I did. Uh, Hello, Casey and Alex. Hello, Emily. I have a question for the pod. What the heck are monkey vines? Oh, I saw this one, yes. Alex. I'm from eastern Kansas, says Emily. Okay. And I see what my family has called monkey vines all over the forest near my house. Yeah. I'm assuming they're not trees because they tend to be growing on other trees. But I've had a hard time researching what exactly they are. My best guess is some sort of epiphytic plant Oh. that just get really thick stems. Is this okay. correct? Emily has attached a picture and signs mm-hmm. your friendly fungal associate, Emily. Emily, thank you so much for your question. Casey, we're going to post this fi- this picture. Yep, should do that. On our Thursday post for this episode. Scroll through that Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, monkey vines, Case. Monkey vine. There is technically like a thing that um, there's like a tropical vine that people call a monkey vine. I can't remember the scientific yeah. name or anything like that. Um, but it's essentially a liana, actually. It's not an epiphyte. Uh, is this like is this like um, the Catalpa? Yes. Okay. Precisely. Catalpa is a Liana family type uh, thing. It, yeah, it is. The big Noniaceae are usually yes. Lianas. That's right. Which is L I A N A, and those are basically the big, gigantic, really woody vines that grow up into the canopy, mostly in jungles or in uh, tropical forests. Yeah. And they call them, you know, those probably monkey vines because monkeys literally swing by it. It's the classic, uh, like, Tarzan kind of vine that he would swing on. And those grow all from the ground, and they get really Mm. woody. A quintessential example would be the uh, wisteria vine where it grows up and like vines, a lot of times people think they're kind of malleable. They kind of move around and they kind of snake. Um, Lianas and these other kind of vines are woody. Like you can't move them at a certain point. You can move them maybe because they're so long you can kind of bend them a little bit. Sure. Kind of move them side to side. But they're not like rubbery and flexible. Yeah, exactly. They're hard and and, and kind of tough. Like a tree branch. Exactly. All right. Um, So what is in this picture um, from, and this is Eastern Kansas, I think they're in Kansas. Um, Essentially... That is a grapevine. Not essentially. That's exactly a grapevine, in my estimation. Um, And a grapevine is kind of the only big liana that you would see in the southern or the anywhere in the United States, really. Hmm. Um, Certainly a native one. And the reason I think it's a uh, grape is because grapes will do exactly that. They kind of grow up and then maybe get really heavy and kind of like swing down a good ways. But they can get up to about six inches in diameter, these vines. Wow. And they grow all the way up to the top of the canopy in a forest. And they kind of grow up and then send out little shoots, and those shoots will grow up, and then you get like kind of like these vines that start spreading out one by one into the canopy. What a curious little niche. Yeah, it's it, they just they crush it, but they also like they kind of take over whatever it is. So if there is like a low shrub, they'll kind of grow up on the shrub and use it as a, um, instead of making its own 
effort, mm-hmm. putting in its own effort to create its own space. It just uses what's already been done and just crawls up and around the other branches over the top of the canopies of other plants, shrubs, trees, and then blocks out the sun and puts oh, out their own grapes. Oh, boy. Okay. So it is, it's a very good strategy. Essentially, it's like, well, I'm just going to climb up your back to get to the top. Yeah. No, I don't need to do it myself. I see. And grapevines, there are several different species native to the eastern United States and the western United States, but they don't get near as big in the west. Down in northern California, southern California, you can get some pretty good-sized vines. Mm. But the ones over in east, I remember some in uh, Columbia, Missouri that I was involved with, they're huge. Like, they get really big. Now, I I guess I'm having a little bit of brain congestion. When you say – you're saying grapevine. Yeah. But these aren't like – they don't grow grapes that we would like eat, right? They do. Like the grocery store grapes, uh, like wine no, grapes. No, not quite the grocery store. Those are like specific horticultural varieties that okay. like, we would grow for a certain purpose. Sure. These are their native counterparts. Oh, okay. So you could just go out there and eat the grapes off yeah. them. They're sweet and delicious. Yeah, probably. Or wow. they're usually a little bit smaller. They're usually very full of seeds. So they, okay. they don't have the same kind of like, yeah, we really like them. But they are, they are for all intents and purposes, grapes. They're in the genus Vitus. Okay. Yeah. So they are, they're just not as, maybe they're a little smaller, too many seeds, a little, maybe uh, not as sweet or have a different kind of flavor, thick skin, that kind of thing. In the way that like a wild apple is like not yeah. a fun thing to eat. Exactly. Yeah. Or if it is like, you just got to be into eating wild apples. So <laughs> sure. yeah, you could go out and um, people for thousands of years have eaten grapes here and elsewhere. Yeah. So yeah, they're just the normal ass grapes. They're just not the culinary varieties that we generally would find in a grocery store or anything like that. I see. Now, the other line, or the other vine that I would recommend you be very careful, Emily, when you're looking up and hanging around in, is there are also poison ivy vines that grow up the sides of trees. Okay. They also can get about six inches or so in diameter, but they are, this is Rus radicans, radicans meaning it has little roots that come off of the stem and basically glue itself to the side of the tree. Jesus. So if you see a vine that is attached to with a million little teeny tiny adventitious roots growing up the vine, that is poison ivy. Don't touch it. Don't get near it. Kill it as soon as you can. Meanwhile, if it is not growing these little roots and it's just kind of hanging off and it'll have like a little tendril popping out that kind of spins around like a grape, Mm -hmm. that is a grape. And you can climb on that, although you can kind of like rips off shards and it can kind of get in your clothes if you like trying to climb up it. A little sawdusty. Yeah, a little little dusty. It's kind of like, not sawdust, but like bark chips, you know? Oh. Or like the bark chip dust, like it's little tiny splinters in you. Yeah. The grapes kind of do that from their bark as well. Okay. But... From my professional uh, assessment, I think those are grapevines, very old and big ones, and they are not poison ivy, though poison ivy uh, is there. There you have it. It's very scary. Thank you so much for your question, Emily. If you have a question about trees, email us at arbitrarypod at gmail.com. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod. (gasps) Dot com. (laughs) Uh, Hey, join us on Instagram at arbitrarypod or support this podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrary pod join the arboretum for five bucks a month to get two bonus episodes a month or the coveted cone of the month club mm-hmm. get a unique die cut cone sticker sent to you every month illustrated by an independent artist printed locally here in portland oregon casey clapp alex croson uh can we leave today with uh the the song mm, sprawl Two mountains beyond mountains 
by the Arcade Fire. Or do I we think, have rights for that? Uh, I think we could probably use a cl- little clip of that. Yes. So we'll we'll pump that in here. <laughs> uh, that there, there I a watched really, a real break of form. <laughs> a this real is, break of form. I'm, I'm very Sorry, uncomfortable. <laughs> and with that, we'll uh, see you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Completely Arbitrary. Bye bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. The sun, the sun, the sun, the